It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Eat me now! I'm starving! On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast, the show that's so nice, we do it twice. And if you didn't listen to Joe Dolan yesterday with his wide receiver tears of Dolan, what are you doing? Why are you listening to this episode, but you didn't listen to that episode? Joe knows football, specifically fantasy football. So make sure you're listening and go back and listen to his running back tiers, his quarterback tiers. Next week, we'll do tight end tiers. But it is August, which means we do two shows, August all the way through the end of the NFL regular season. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. Five teams, seven years, classic journeyman, awesome temp job in my 20s. Now I got a bunch of different podcasts that I produce for you guys that you can check out on any of the various podcast platforms, or you can now watch on YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Very fired up for two things. Number one, I get to announce two more winners. Or at least not winners. I'll tell. The, I'll call them entrants, participants in the season-long redraft league with me and Joe. They are Porter Reese, who not only went to FantasyPoints.com and used the code Feast, but also used our sponsor code at Native to get some new fresh deodorant. And Bob Ober, who not only signed up at FantasyPoints.com using the code Feast but also got the DraftKings Sportsbook app on his phone, used the code ROSS as his promo code. You get a deposit bonus up to $1,000. A little bit more on that a little bit later. So we've got four more participants that we will name next week. So next week is the last week. So if you want to get in on this, we get four more. Two more Wednesday, two more Thursday. Hit me up. FantasyPoints.com, code FEAST, but also go ahead and get the DraftKings Sportsbook app on your phone, even if you don't deposit anything. Just take a screenshot after you put the promo code ROSS in there. Although I will tell you this, if you deposit something, that definitely gives you a boost. Not going to lie. Speaking of a boost and speaking of FantasyPoints.com, today, very happy to welcome for the first time Edwin Porras who is a doctor of physical therapy. You can and should follow him on Twitter at FB Injury Doc. I will be on his podcast soon. Very much looking forward to it. We try to give you every advantage we possibly can. So why not have an injury expert who also loves fantasy football and writes and does everything else for fantasy points? Without further ado, Edwin Porras. What's up, Edwin? Uh, that was such a nice intro, Ross. I'm excited to be here. I've been listening to your uh, your podcast since the Evan Silva days, especially the Fantasy Feast, so I'm excited. I am myself playing through a little injury today. I got a weird cold sore on the inside of my mouth. I was questionable all week. Um, you know, I've been in the trainer's room on and off the table, so I've been trying to take care of that, but I'm ready to go. I think I'm going to contribute to the team today, and I'm going to do my best. Well, you are in California. I'm in Pennsylvania, so I'm not overly worried 
about your cold sore, but that's okay. <laughs> I appreciate you toughing through it for us. All right, so first, the background, all right? So to be honest, Edwin, didn't know a lot about you until you teamed up with Fantasy Points, but you teaming up with Fantasy Points and Joe Dolan and John Hansen and Adam Kaplan and Greg Cosell, good enough for me. Give me the background. Yeah, so don't worry, man. That's you and the rest of the world, honestly. So I started writing last year. I emailed Ben Kukanis, who's the director of operations over at Fantasy Points. I said, hey, I'm willing to give you some injury analysis for free. If you don't like it, just boot me. No big deal. We did a podcast together, and that was the genesis of that. Um, I'm forever indebted for him giving me an opportunity. He didn't have to. So I appreciated that. Um, as far as my background, I am a doctor of physical therapy. That's four years of undergrad, three years of physical therapy. You graduate with a clinical doctorate. I love fantasy football. I love everything injury related. Uh, I'm getting an orthopedic residency through Kaiser Permanente. So that's a, that's like 10, less than 10% of physical therapists will have that. It's just basically specializes in a little deeper in orthopedics and sports medicine, sports performance and stuff like that. So I'm stoked to be on the fantasy team, fantasy points team. I like to joke that I'm the Christian Leitner of that team and I'm totally fine. Um, I think TJ Hernandez was, I, I was, I was chatting with him for a second and I said, you know, I, I said the same thing. I'm happy to be Christian Leitner on, on the 92 Olympic team. He's like, Hey man, it's better than being Isaiah Thomas. So that's exactly how, <laughs> that's exactly my sentiments. Exactly. So I'm excited, man. I'm just here. I want to do my best to uh, provide as much context and insight as possible. Uh, that's awesome. I love it. Um, what about on the fantasy football side? I, I'm assuming you've been playing for a, a long time and you're a fan. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I've been playing for a long time. Um, I always wondered how all these analysts, right this year, I, I am in like, I think like 10 leagues at this point. Right. And when I was, before I started uh, doing like injury analysis, I was always in like two leagues, um, two or three leagues consistently for the last five years or so. And I was wondering how the heck all these analysts talk about being in like 10, 15, 20 leagues. Now I'm in it and I'm like, holy cow, I'm in a best ball. I'm in a dyn- I'm in like several dynasty leagues. I'm in a bunch of redrafts. But before that, I was just mainly a redraft guy and a DFS guy. And so now I'm like overwhelmed with trying to learn as much as possible every single format. So yeah, I'm, I'm huge into fantasy, huge into DFS. I'm even dipping my toe in a little bit of uh, uh, prop betting. So I'm excited to get as much context and learn as much as possible because... Uh, I'm an injury guy. I'm other than that, I'm absorbing information and trying to learn as much as possible like everybody else. Do you feel like your injury background, your medical background gives you an advantage? I mean, obviously fantasy points feels that way. Have you noticed it? Have you had more success over the last five, 10 years in fantasy because of your uh, medical expertise? So, in, in true transparency, I haven't really applied a lot of my education until recently to like the last year, um, mainly because I graduated just last year. And so I didn't really feel like I had that advantage until recently. But yeah, I definitely do. Um, I stayed away from uh, Todd Gurley last year. I stayed away from OBJ last year. Um, there are some key, you know, there are key specific points where I can't necessarily say it contributes directly to my success. But in addition to all of the information that I that I gain from fantasypoints.com, from all those dudes, you know, last year before they got together. Um, I feel like there is a, a sort of a turning point, um, maybe like the last five, 10% of an edge that I can gain on top of, of, of the competition just by knowing a little bit more and giving a little more background, which is why I do like to help people who 
want that last five to 10 percentage. I mean, they're dude, I'm in some leagues now with some sharp people. And I feel like the, the number one thing that I do when I'm in drafts with them is a draft for upside, like all the time draft for upside, upside, upside. And then B, I do feel like I apply a little bit more of the injury side of things um, to a, in a more aggressive way, simply because you can't afford to, to take many risks, I guess, I guess like more of a calculated risk when you're a room full of sharp people. So I do feel like that's when it really does show itself a little bit more. Okay. You mentioned Todd Gurley. Let's start with him. I understand the concerns about his knee. My thing has been, it seems as if that's a long-term issue. And my question is, what does that mean for him this year? Like, I wouldn't want Todd Gurley in Dynasty. But for this year, if they manage him properly, what what do you think? Yeah, no, that's a good question, Ross, because if they manage him proper, here's the thing. Let's let's define manage properly, right? Let's assume that the Falcons took Gurley at face value and they said, hey, he's got this chronic knee condition. It gets worse with age. It gets worse with time. It gets worse with mileage. We know that he's another year into it. We know how he his burst looked last year. Uh, we know that he finished with, you know, 14 touchdowns that really fed into his production last year. So let's say they knew all of that. And then they knew how to define manage properly. Manage properly for a player who has symptomatic knee arthritis and they and they run the football, that means cutting down on work inside the 20s. That means cutting down on goal line work. That means listening to him when he can't practice and inevitably becomes in, you know, not in a negative connotation or anything, but misses practices, so isn't in maybe the best shape possible. You know, they understand that getting maybe getting hit or getting his knee slammed into by a 300-pound lineman might send him into a spiral. It's managing all of those little things, all of those symptoms that are that might creep up in the middle of the season that will reduce his volume. That's that's what managing him means to me. And so when I hear reduced volume on top of potential, you know, volatility and the fact that he finished RB12 last year and he's another year older into an organization that has traditionally split work to some degree, not fully, but has already split work it seems like the Falcons are going the opposite direction of what the narrative of we're going to feed him for one more year. We're going to feed him because he's only on a one-year contract. To me, when I look at that medically, I actually view it in another way that if the Falcons are, you know, intelligent, I shouldn't say intelligent, but if they're privy to some of this information that I am and the, and the PTs and docs on their staff are much smarter than I am. If they're privy to all that information, then I think they're going to go the other direction. I don't think they're going to necessarily feed him until he just, until the wheels fall off. I think that it's going to be moderated. And at that, you're going to, at best, you're going to get, you know, 16 games of Todd Gurley at a cap. I don't think he has upside. And since Scott Barrett has told us over and over again to draft for upside, I just don't see it with Gurley. Yeah, that was going to be my ultimate question, which is based on what you know uh, with Gurley and it's reported knee arthritis, are you higher or lower on Gurley than sort of where he's being drafted right now or the consensus? Yeah, I think I think personally – um, again, I don't rank, so I don't want to step out of my lane necessarily. Personally, I, I don't think that I'm taking him currently where he's at. I just think that it's a little bit of a risk. Um, I'd have to see where the guys at Fantasy Points have him ranked. I don't have that pulled up, but I'll get that pulled up. Um, but yeah, I think that just generally speaking, I'm a little lower on him, and I'd rather draft somebody with a little more upside. Okay. What about, you also mentioned OBJ. 
He's a guy that I've been high on for this year, but maybe you're going to tell me I'm a moron for that. Tell me what you think about OBJ coming off, I believe, a, a sports hernia surgery or whatever they call it now. Yeah, no, you're not You're not a moron, man. You weren't a moron before. You're not a moron now. I'm super high on OBJ too. So this is where I feel like the what you asked earlier about uh, when my expertise sort of kicks in. I feel like OBJ in the third round is is – a little preposterous. Um, I took him in several, several drafts this year. Um, in like the third round, I think he slipped to the fourth in one of the, in the drafts I took him. And that's just too far. Last year, we know he was playing through the sports hernia surgery. We know that he had that issue the entire season starting back in camp. We know that the sports hernia surgery is one that uh, is very, very successful. We know that in a study by Dr. Robert Jack, and his and his uh, his buddies, his research buddies, they looked at 56 NFL athletes across the board. They did this surgery. Then they looked at their performance a year after, and there was no drop off in physical performance whatsoever. It shaved a slight amount, I think, about a half of a year off of their overall career longevity. But this is a surgery that is extremely successful. Um, I understand the concerns with volume and and that efficiency potentially in Cleveland. Um, I get it. I really do. But OBJ is is and I think this term gets overused, but he is legitimately a generational talent. And, you know, I've heard Joe say it several times before, and I've heard other, other analysts say it too. You just, you just bet on talent at some point and OBJ is too talented to pass up, especially when he's healthy. So by the way, I actually had that surgery, uh, Edwin, after my senior year of college at Princeton, I had it at Rucker with Dr. Andrew Boyarski and I was fine. Never had an issue again afterwards. Was glad I had it. Got the surgery. And this is way back in the day where I don't know what they do to it now, but they put the mesh in and kind of opened me up and the whole deal. Um, that's 20, 20 years ago now. Jeez. Uh, but How's the performance? How's the performance, Ross? Good. Good. good? Yeah. I mean, I played seven years in the NFL after exactly. an issue. So one of the reasons why I'm high on OBJ. Let's get to a couple quarterbacks. Um I want to start with Cam Newton. He's got the shoulder. He's got the foot. I have been of the mindset, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that I feel like if the Panthers really thought he could physically get back to where he was, they wouldn't have cut him. So I guess I would say I'm a little skeptical. What do you think? So Cam Newton, I understand the concerns. I think, and this is me projecting a little bit of opinion. I think there is some to that um, in terms of, do they think that he could get back to where he was? Maybe not. I also think that once they let, you know, uh, once Rivera was, they knew Rivera was going to be out. Once they knew they were sort of rebuilding, um, they, they decided maybe to go in another direction and the rehab and the recovery and et cetera is just something they maybe just didn't want to go through again with Cam. And I understand that to a certain extent. I really do. For me, the only concern with Cam Newton at age 31, you know, the same age as Russell Wilson, by the way, is that he has the, he had the list prank surgery. He, that's the most recent injury. That's the one that to me is the most bothersome beforehand. His shoulder had actually come around and it was, and he was, it was doing just fine. There's actually, they did an arthroscopic procedure and they, they, uh, with the camera, they went in, they scoped his shoulder and his shoulder looked pristine. He wasn't reporting any symptoms. So there's that that's good on the shoulder, but the foot, um, he did have that arthroscopic surgery. There is a study that shows by Dr. Singh and colleagues, um, that there's about a 21% 
dip in production uh, among skilled players when they have this list rank surgery in the first year after. So you also add in the fact that the average return to play time for this sp specific procedure is about 10 months with a, with a standard deviation of three months. And that just means that athletes can come back or generally tend to come back between seven and 13 months. So we're sitting here at about the nine month mark for Cam Newton. So if there's ever a concern about him, it's, it's whether he'll be ready by week one or two. That's the only real legitimate concern. But considering that the demands of the quarterback position are a lot different than the demands of a receiver or a running back, he doesn't have to take off and run. He doesn't have to plant cut and be as dynamic as, as running backs and, and receivers. So even though there is that dip in production and he can be, he might be a little bit up and down. I don't think that it's going to affect him to the point where he is not successful. We know that the, the re-rupture rates or refracture rates of those injuries um, aren't, aren't really as high as, as, as generally thought we, we thought before with all those things into consideration, you sprinkle in, he's a former MVP you sprinkle in that for the first time in his career, um, he has a coach who is better at what he does than what Cam Newton is at playing quarterback, if that makes sense. So with that, all of those considerations taken into mind, I have no problem taking Cam Newton because the upside there is just astronomical. Interesting. Okay, uh, another quarterback. What about Big Ben? Yeah, Big Ben is one of those guys that, especially in 2020 with, with the, COVID, the COVID stuff going on, um, and everything being unpredictable. He's a guy I'm willing to take, but I'm not necessarily willing to take him on his own. And that's because um, the widely reported Tommy John surgery, which this is confusing. So I'm not, you know, blaming or I, I thought that he had a Tommy John for a long time. He actually had a primary repair. They sutured everything back together. They didn't replace it with another tendon. Um, and that's not as tried and true. There's not as much data and evidence to back that uh, procedure. And so you're not, you know, you're, you're not getting this Tommy John surgery that's shown to improve pitchers ERA um, after, after pitchers have this Tommy John, they have, um, they, they throw fewer walks, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, that's because the primary repair was faster. He was going to be able to get on the field faster. And so that was something that he really focused on as a 38 year old quarterback who knows, Hey, I'd rather get on the field sooner rather than later. Um, so is he a risk to sort of be to to be in and out on and off the injury report? Yes. Is there a risk that potentially he damages it again, throwing over and over consecutively? Yes. But I think that considering the ADP that he's going at, I'm I'm totally fine taking him there uh, because again, Big Ben throws the ball like what six hundred times a season or something nuts. Like I'm willing to take that upside as long as you know that it's not he didn't have the tried and true proven Tommy John procedure. He had sort of the second tier surgery. Interesting. Okay. Um, you know, you mentioned earlier that you're a big DFS guy, which is awesome. Uh, I am too becoming a big DFS guy in large part because DraftKings is absolutely awesome, whether it's their DFS product or America's number one rated sports book app and so I wanted to ask you about three running backs, specifically from a DFS standpoint, and whether you envision having them in your DraftKings lineups at all this season, right? So I know it depends on the opponent, whatever, but let's just pretend it's week one and at FB Injury Doc is going ahead and he is posting his lineup, picking his lineup. I want to know. 
if David Johnson, Chris Carson, and James Conner are in your DraftKings lineup week one or really any weeks this season, Edwin? You know, if a player, if one of those guys was going to be in my lineup, uh, it would be in a cash game high upside swinging for the fences or I'm sorry, a tournament, not a cash game, a, a tournament type game, uh, mainly because I don't I don't really necessarily think that they're going to, you know, knock it out of the park this year. Uh, we can especially start with David Johnson, who's 29 years old. We know that running backs who are between the ages of 22 and 28 are the ones who receive at least 150 carries per season. There's a reason for that. Um, we know that he looks, you know, he looked like he was just, he looked like me out there, unfortunately, for, for a while there. There are those videos of David Johnson just looking slow. I think that he's just toast athletically. I really hope I'm wrong. I really hope he proves me wrong uh, with Bill O'Brien. But I just don't see the upside there. Um, the flip side with Chris Carson is he had this hip injury. He had a fracture. We don't know why he didn't have surgery. We don't know if it was a minor fracture. We don't know if the surgeon suggested he should have surgery and it would have taken longer so he to, to come back so he didn't do it. We don't know a lot. So there are a lot of question marks surrounding Chris Carson. So that makes me a little nervous. And then, you know, James Conner, he hasn't shown us yet that he can be the dude. If I use James Conner in my DFS lineup with DraftKings, I definitely think that I it's going to be early in the season. Um, and it's going to be in a game where I'm almost anticipating some sort of injury. Not that you should ever do that necessarily, but James Conner's in a boat where I feel like he has to prove it to us because he's finished 13, 12, and 9 games since entering the, the league. Interesting to me, Edwin, because you, know, you never know when you're talking with a medical professional whether they'll just be out on everybody. You know what I mean? Like, because you know too much, you know the issue, so you're like, I'm out. I would say in general, you are um, a little more cautious on guys coming off of injuries or you're, you're, you're like, hey, I'm, I'm staying away. But you weren't that way for OBJ or Cam Newton. It seems like at all the injury guys we talked about, OBJ and Cam Newton were the two guys you felt the best about. I think so. And I think it goes back to that upside that we were talking about, knowing the situation with OBJ and how he suffered, he was basically – Every every week that he practiced and played, he was making that that hernia worse, and he was in pain. Um, he talked about that himself. Cam Newton, another dude who I think has huge upside, and that foot should really, really control itself this year. I think it's he's not going to be – he might be playing in a little bit of pain, but the situation is just too good to pass up. The other guys, I just think – I'm not saying other people shouldn't take them or you shouldn't use them. Um, but I, I like to say that my job as, a, as an injury analyst isn't, tell you, isn't to tell you to fade or take a player. My job is to lay out the entire range of outcomes. And I think that's what sometimes gets um, maybe lost in translation with some of this analysis, or I think it's missing in the analysis is that injuries aren't totally random. There, there is a lot of data and, and, and information to apply to situations that can give you paint the full picture and give more context to what a player's true range of outcomes are. You got to check him out on Twitter at FB Injury Doc. And did they give you, evidently, they gave you your own podcast, Edwin? <laughs> you know, I started my own podcast. They were cool enough to let me throw the Fantasy Points title on it. I uh, still need to get Ben on there. I had Joe on there, Graham on there, and Scott on there. So I got to get the whole team. Um, yeah, it's, it's basically the injury prone fantasy football podcast. 
I talk a lot of injury, um, but I also bring on analysts to talk. I bring on people like you to give a little more context and their specialty and expertise. So I'm excited to do that with you, actually. So that's be on the lookout for that one, guys. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I uh, can't wait to talk with you. It'll be great. Uh, this was awesome information. And basically, the net net was you're not loving David Johnson, Chris Carson, or James Conner in your DraftKings lineup. That's okay. That's fine. At least, at least we know. Um, Edwin, terrific job. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Yeah, definitely, Ross. I really appreciate you having me on. I'm excited. It was exciting to uh, get that invite from you. I'm, I've been a longtime listener. So I do have one question for you, though. Oh, and now I'm nervous. Okay. At the end of every episode, you were your you're former offensive lineman, man. Let's be honest. Are right. you ever really stuffed? Yes. Uh, well, <laughs> I'm not really stuffed at the end of every episode because it's just like a line I say at the end of the show. <laughs> but yes, I do get stuffed. In fact, I've had uh, issues with that recently. I'm a little bit heavier than I want to be. Um, I need to get back to not eating seconds and thirds of everything. That press box food, right, man? Yeah, uh, press box food. But also, we went to the beach for a weekend, and I was having everybody's leftovers. And <laughs> I do better during the week at my own house when I just eat what's been portioned for me. Yeah, yeah. out and in in like a buffet or something. That's that's hard for me. I got that's relatable, yeah, man. Portion control is a big thing for me. Speaking of that, by the way. You can get more portions of awesome football content from Greg Cosell on tomorrow's Ross Tucker Football Podcast. He also is a member of – evidently, everybody I talk to is a member of Fantasy Points team. Again, you can use the code FEAST there. That's also how you get into the redraft league to go against me and Joe. Next week's our last week for that. Check out Greg tomorrow on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. If you missed anything this week, Boy, you got time Friday, Saturday, Sunday to catch up on some of the other shows. College Draft was awesome. Even Money Podcast with Cousin Sal was awesome. Other than that, just for you, Edwin, I'm totally stuffed. We're done. <laughs> Appreciate it, Ross. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.